Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Ron Paul Liberty Report. With us today, we have Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Good. We have a few interesting subjects today. Uh, we do want to talk about uh, the information coming out and articles written uh, about the Doomsday Book. That sounds so, sort of really scary, mm -hmm. but uh, we'll talk about that. But before we do that, I want to uh, visit for a few minutes on an article that appeared uh, originally in the uh, Birch Gold Group. Uh, and that is written by Brandon Smith, a person we know and follow because uh, he's certainly done our alley on, on the uh, monetary issues. But uh, his point of his article today that I found interesting because, because uh, there, there's more to it. It's, it's nice to say inflation, print money, prices go up. But it does get a little more complicated than that because there are a lot of variables. And there is a, a, a position in Austrian economics about the subjective theory of values. So people can do what they want and human action explains all that. So it's not uh, ABC and that's why uh, the human action is support, and that's why the Austrian economists don't depend on computers. They, the computer people just say, well, we'll take ABC, put them together, manufacture, and we know what the people are going to do. Well, well they don't. They don't know that because people change their minds, and uh, sometimes they prepare for war. The wars don't go well, all that thing. But anyway, uh, he, he, his argument in the, in the article was that uh, not, not everybody thinks of deflation. Of course, we had deflation in the, in the Depression, and what that meant was the money supply was shrinking, and we had a deep depression. Things didn't go well. And, uh, and he thinks that should be a concern. I do, too. I think it is because uh, I think that the market wants deflation. The market wants correction. And sometimes the uh, inflation is so bad and the market comes in and starts deflating and ruin the economy and prices do fall. And then the government reaction to this has a lot to do with uh, how severe it is and how, how long it lasts. And, Yet, uh, you know, people should know about this, especially if they're in the investment business. But, uh, you, know, you know, in a way it's related to stagflation. Uh, you, you, you know, you have your inflation and then you have a stagnant economy. You don't have to have a, a depression to, to recognize this. And uh, it sometimes is used to uh, confuse people and mix them up by making reports uh, on inflation and deflation. Uh, but it's in a way, it's an inflationary depression. I think people can understand that a little easier because you say, well, inflation is good, and our our Fed is always saying it's not enough. That'll stimulate the economy. And right now, they say, well, we can't slow it up. We gotta we gotta you know raise interest rates and get involved. But the uh, inflationary depression is is a real thing because that's what was going on in, say, Venezuela and Zimbabwe. And that, uh, that, that, that shows that the money supply is overwhelming and, and the value of the dollar and the currency going down. So you have uh, inflation of the money supply and prices are sky high. Uh, you know, at the same time, it doesn't do anything. The more they inflate, the worse the economy gets and the slower it is and then they end up with a, a depression. So that, that is something to be concerned about and we don't know exactly what will happen. And the one thing for sure is the Fed doesn't know either <clears throat> and they pretend they know 
and they have to do that, but it sometimes is just to cover how are they going to protect themselves. And they, when things get badly, uh, generally what they do is they argue among themselves because they're interventionists. What we should do today, next week, or tomorrow, the market is saying this, and so it becomes very unstable, and it produces a situation exactly opposite of what would happen if you had a sound currency. And uh, this, uh, this would require that you have to get rid of the Fed. So the marketplace says not respected enough that we listen to it, even though the Fed pretends they pay, they pay attention. But right now we can see that the, the control and the understanding by the Fed is pretty flimsy. And therefore the problems we're facing today with, are we gonna have mostly inflation or mostly deflation? I sort of think we're gonna have inflation but there is going to be pockets of deflation, and that's probably going on already. Because there, there's a, they say, well, are we ever going to have a recession? Well, I think some people might claim they're in a recession right now. So it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's just uh, arguing the language and how you describe it. But uh, I, I think as a fascinating article, and as I said, it was uh, first uh, published on the uh, Birch Gold Group. Which uh, reminds me of uh, mentioning generally on Fridays about our relationship with uh, Birch Gold because we partner with them because they're, of course, very interested in gold. And this past week was a very interesting week on gold. And, uh, and yet that doesn't tell us what's going to happen tomorrow or the next week because it's very, very flexible. You know, things go up and you think, oh, I got it. And I know exactly in two weeks from now, I'm going to buy or sell gold because I know what the price will be. I learned that early on. I couldn't do that. And my philosophy has always been, you know, it's a long term protection uh, of our of the money that we earn our wealth. And that, that can be done. And that's what uh, Birch Gold is in, interested in, is to protect and help individuals uh, protect their wealth. And it's no easy task, uh, but they're very much interested in these uh, uh, savings groups and having, uh, you know, information how to start uh, an IRA or a pension fund where you can put your gold in there, gold, the, the bullion. Uh, because uh, for a long time, of course, gold was illegal, and then it was complex to put it in your pension fund, and now it's available if people want to shift their stocks, regular stocks, into bullion, uh, you can do that. But if you want to get some help and information from Birch Gold, what you do is uh, you, you look at that number on the screen that uh, exists right now, and text, text RON at 989898, and uh, the Birch Group will mail you information. They don't charge you for this, but this will give you a guide. And I think it's worthwhile, even if you say, ah, oh, it doesn't sound right for me. I think all the, if you're interested, I have an understanding of money, it's interesting to me. I like to go and look at everything and the possibility and get advice and how interpretations are of the event. So this is one thing you could do to get further involved if you're interested in putting your medals into an IRA account. And once again, the number, Ron, 989898. And uh, Chris, I want to now go over to the article that we both have talked about a little bit and I find also fascinating because it brings back memory. And the title of the article is uh, Sunshines on the New York Fed's Doomsday Book. 
And this rumor, so-called rumor, has been around a long time. Oh, they have a record. They know exactly what they do for every emergency. And they know if we do this, it'll get worse. That's usually what they do. <laughs> you know, they compound it, certainly in the Depression and in the, in the 70s. That's a, they look at it. They, they, they think if just because they create the crisis, they don't know how to solve them. But they can't solve the problems any better than they are by creating these problems. But anyway, this is an interesting book uh, and an article that was uh, uh, written recently. <clears throat> the reason I always was fascinated with this because it's supposed to have the secret plans on what the Fed's going to do and what the government's going to do. And they do everything in secrecy. So this book was... Uh, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk about this existing, but it was only recently that they were able to get uh, get hold of this book and find uh, get a little bit of, better feeling on this. But my theory on this, even though they don't date this, was that in the 1987, when the biggest crash, nominally speaking, of the stock market occurred in 87, I think it was down 20% a day. They, uh, Reagan was in office, and he said, oh, we better be careful with it. So he established the President's Working Group on Financial Markets. We had to have a group of people, you know, at the Fed and Treasury and FEC and SEC, all, all these things to be, be prepared for this. So that, and, and it, was, it was named on Wall Street and others that knew about it as the Plunge Protection Team. And then everybody would, sometimes it would happen and, Sometimes people would anticipate the market's going to do this, and it did something else. Oh, the plunge protection team's in there. It's helping out. Well, they, that was a lot, of, uh, a lot of talk, and people say that's just conspiracy. But this conspiracy might be a true conspiracy, because I think they very much operate in this manner. So that, that is what has been revealed. It's in the news, and uh, I, I think it's a, a very important subject, because it just does one thing. It complicates uh, you know, timing and, and how you do, should you do your investments. But it also, to me, makes the point that you have to find something that uh, protects the best manner possible when there's chaos in the media, and that is understanding the precious metals. Chris. Right, Dr. Paul. Yeah, this doomsday book uh, apparently was released. It's an internal document or book uh, that was released on a FOIA request. And it's basically, from what I gather, I, we saw this article in the Wall Street Journal, that it's a bunch of legalese, legal precedents that the Fed can use to, uh, to uh, handle emergencies. And the professor that wrote the article says they apparently believe that they can rely on precedent to justify virtually any emergency action. So the first thing I want to say is, A, we are already in the emergency because the Fed exists. The Fed is the emergency. You know, this type of emergency that they're talking about is how the Fed would save themselves. They're not looking to save us. They're looking to save themselves in a financial panic. Uh, and apparently they have all the legalese ready to justify anything they want to do. That further uh, shows us how messed up laws are. You know, it's, it shows that law has lost virtually its meaning. And that's typical of authoritarians. They will manipulate laws and language, especially. I mean, we saw with COVID, a language with the with vaccine. You just change what the word vaccine means. That's all done. And, uh, you know, I, I like to use, there's a lot of people that don't understand that liberal, if you think of liberals today, the word liberal used to be libertarians, the exact opposite. 
but it was hijacked. You know, this is typical. You change the meaning of words to make it mean what you want to mean. So that's why people will say classical liberal. That means the classical liberals are the libertarians. So uh, language is used, uh, you know, manipulated, and laws are also used as weapons. Uh, one example that came to my mind is uh, a company. If they charge a too high price, according to bureaucrats, they're gouging. If it's too low, it's dumping, according to bureaucrats. And if it's the same as their competitors, it's collusion. So no matter what price you have, if they want to come after you for something, they have the laws all set. And that's, this is not what law is supposed to be about. It's totally, uh, and that's why if the Fed has a doomsday book, they have their legal ways of doing whatever they want. And that's not what law is about. Uh, I want to close this segment by saying there, I found a, a quote, and most of us have heard it from Tacitus, and I think he was right. He said, the more corrupt the state, the more numerous the laws. <laughs> and boy, is that right on. And then when you think, <clears throat> how many pages are there now of the Federal Register? <laughs> I can't keep up. How many thousands and thousands of pages? If we get new people in, oh, we're going to shrink it, you know. But it keeps expanding and expanding. Even when the uh, people are trying to do it, it some of them are very sincere. But the, 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 the situation, the whole the, the whole organization of government is so powerful and there's so much money behind it, it's not going to be very easy until, until the market demands that it collapse and that will be a big, big problem. But, you know, over the years, most people associate me with an effort to audit the Fed because I want to know what's going on. And uh, here, here they are, they're telling us the doomsday book. Uh, but it's been secret all this time, and they had to work hard to get it out. So the information leaks out. I think I think everybody knows that the Federal Reserve uh, works in top secrecy. I think uh, the Federal Reserve Board chairman and the boards are usually just front people for the people who really have the control. And those are the uh, those are the oligarchs we have, the people who, who run the uh, the military industrial complex, and the welfare state because they have to have the money. Now, when this subject came up in the committees, uh, when I was in Congress, it was always, I would point out a few of these things, and they said, well, uh, yes, that, uh, that, that's true, but, it's, but the problem isn't the Fed, the problem is the Congress, which they have a half a truth there. It is the problem of the Congress. It's the problem of the people. People want to spend too much, so they, they blame the, the people. But uh, then, then they say, it's always the Congress, if they wouldn't spend so much money. But of course, if we didn't have the Fed, that's, that's readily available for financing anything and everything that the, bureau, that the bureaucrats you know, put, put in place as a favor to the people who are really running the show. And that's, that's, that's what's happening. They, they do have control, and there are some people. And uh, if, you, if you say it's a conspiracy, uh, people, uh, people frown on that. But, uh, you know, there are two types of conspiracies. One that's just made up out of thin air, and it's just an assumption. And the other one is that it's a true conspiracy, where people got together and planned it. And there's a lot of good people conspiring together to bring about liberty. There are other people get together and conspiring. How are we going to uh, uh, spread, uh, spread our, our, our effort of cultural Marxism? So they're doing that all the time. But when, when I would uh, bring the subject up to a Federal Reserve Board chairman and say that, what, what's the matter with the, you know, about the audit? We, we need to know about this. 
and they would hem and haw and say a few decent things, uh, pretending they were all for it. But then they would always go back to one word, no matter which chairman it was. They always said, we have to be careful, though, because uh, we have to have independence <laughs> of, of the Federal Reserve. We don't need a lot of people, you know, lobbyists and congressmen and other people knowing what's going on. So they want independence away from this sinister influence. But my argument always with them, and I warn people, I say, anytime the Fed say they want independence, substitute the word secrecy because that's what their goal is, but they'll never be able to keep it secret. As, as time goes on, it'll become more apparent, and, uh, it, you know, the markets help tell us that, and, and uh, they, they'll, they'll, they'll let us know as much as anything, even though the people who want to maintain the system, unfortunately, right now, they're in control of the, uh, of the justice system and the police department, the people that want to come in and use the guns to enforce the system that we have. But uh, conditions are getting rockier, and it'll be more necessary than ever that we know what the Fed has in store for us uh, with, uh, under what's generally outlined in the Doomsday Book. But it shouldn't be that complicated. It should be that we follow the Constitution, have honest money, and have decent people there, and a monetary system that does not allow counterfeiting. Chris? Exactly, Dr. Paul. Yes, in this Doomsday Book, it does... You know, it doesn't surprise me. Since the very beginning, uh, authoritarians want no restraints, you know, so they think they could get around anything. We've all heard of and know of the uh, emperors and kings who said that they were divine, and that's it. You know, that puts them above everything. Uh, but it, even when you, oh, in the Soviets, they were outside, there was no laws, there were no traditions, there was nothing, no religion, nothing was going to hold them back. And look, they were a blip on the screen when you look at it. 70 years, that's, that's virtually nothing. And that's being propped up. They would have failed a lot sooner, even though they had no restraints on them. So it doesn't matter if you can get yourself above the law, because there is law that you cannot get yourself above. And that's all the natural laws. And that's what always you know, puts the nail in their coffin. Because like everybody, even authoritarians have to deal with limited resources. They don't have unlimited resources. So if they're spending all this time and resources going after Trump, those are resources that they're not using going after somebody else that may be against them, like a, a Musk or whatever. So they have to constantly make choices and they constantly make the wrong choices. They go over here, but they're beaten over there. You know, so even if they put themselves above the law, it's still not enough. And that's why central planning, authoritarianism, empires, they always fall. So even if they think they got the whole legal system beat, they, they in the end, will be beat themselves. So that's, a, that's a, a silver lining to all this. It's just ugly as all this happens because, you know, we have a short time on this earth and we have to deal with all these gangs fighting with one another. And, you know, from, from this book, on the Doomsday book, uh, uh, there's, there's a quote in here to try to describe how things can be smoothed out and, and everybody will be happy. We'll modify our position, tell the people, have these plans, don't let the people get to know what they are. It might panic them. But I want to quote one paragraph uh, from this article. It says, while the Fed's flexibility is crucial, boy, that's an opening, 
during times of crisis, ensuring that its actions operate within legal boundaries is equally important. I had to laugh at that. You know, it starts off with, with, a, with a monetary system and something, you know, the Federal Reserve System is totally, it is illegal. It's technically legal by the law, but it violates everything in the Constitution and common sense. And, the, uh, and what was believed by the founders of this country. And as the, as the authority that establishes its mandate, Congress can revise and modify those boundaries. It'll be taken care of because a lot of smart people are involved in planning the doomsday. But, uh, you know, that's enough just to scare people to, to even have that word attached to it, doomsday. Well, politically, doomsday is, uh, is being talked about and realistically, it's not a secret conspiracy because just common sense tells us there's big problems ahead. And one number that I look at carefully because it's expanding exponentially and has a lot to do with settling the dispute on whose fault is it, as is the Congress or the Federal Reserve, it is the, uh, it is the payment, uh, the debt increase and the amount of, uh, of uh, interest that we're paying on the debt growing exponentially and it's it's going to get worse it isn't just going up and down uh, and maybe generally trend upward this it's skyrocketing right now and there's a lot there's a lot of blame to go around and it's not just biden he uh, uh he contributed to and makes a mess out of things but believe me there's a lot of big spending republicans that have supported some of these positions especially the military industrial complex so often but a lot of them, even, even the military industrial complex, are smart enough, they're bipartisan. Oh, yeah, this is bipartisan. Both, both parties were very enthusiastic about Ukraine. They didn't bother declaring war or anything, but we took, we took it over, and we participated with NATO to invade Ukraine and all this nonsense. But uh, the market is going to answer it. And it means that they better get busy and they better come up and they better get the right information if they want to deal with doomsday. Chris. Exactly, Dr. Paul. And uh, yeah, so doomsday is, a, in general, it sells, it gets people's attention. And I see it, you know, there's a lot of doomsdayers that, uh, you know, believe in freedom, but they think everyone is doomed. Uh, and I, I don't buy it. Um, I, I think a global totalitarian government is a long shot at best. Uh, it shouldn't be feared, but you, you know, pay attention to it. And the reason I think that is because there are many competing factions, uh, and they all have their own interests, their own ideology. So you'll have some that be like, oh, no, this new world order, it's going to be by the elites. And you have others, no, it's going to be the workers. And others, no, it'll be the peasants. And then technocrats will be saying, no, you're all wrong. It's going to be engineers and scientists. And uh, so you see how they're, they're never going to agree on this. And they all think that they're right. They all think that history is going in their direction, not their opponents who they hate and have to destroy. So it's not this one big globalist blob that we're up against. It's competing factions, which is good. Because if it was one big blob, we, we, then we'd be in trouble. Uh, so we basically live in a world of gang warfare. And there are these big gangs. And the best we can do is get out of the way when they fight each other to the best that we can and uh and and preach the opposite that's why liberty is the opposite of this you uh you want limited power it's when people have this great power that they do great damage 
Only great big states that the people have surrendered to have all this power can create world wars. If power was limited, they wouldn't be able to. A street gang, you know, they're gangs too. They can't create world wars. They don't have the resources and they don't have the people that believe, uh, you know, that they should have all this power. So that's why we need to limit the scope of government. I'll finish up there, Dr. Paul, saying, you know, the, the liberty is available. <laughs> the people just need to want it and they have to see the benefits of it. And hopefully we help uh, provide those benefits. You're exactly right. And it's good, I think, for you to know where the problems are. But uh, you're open to what we suggest here uh, is that the answers are available to us. <laughs> it's not like it's a strange mystery and we have to invent something brand new. But the difference between good and evil, between uh, civil liberties and totalitarian, it's all understanding. Uh, it's understandable. But to me, the, the weird thing is, is there's so much greater success on happiness and peace coming from a free society than from a totalitarian. And yet people still drift back and accept carelessly the authoritarians who promises them, you know, Nirvana, that everything is going to be okay. No, there will be no problems whatsoever. But uh, I think that uh, the conditions will get worse. But I think conditions are getting better for an understanding of the, the, of the monetary system, uh, the uh, ideas of liberty. And I, I think that means that uh, there will be a remnant who will pick up the pieces. I don't have the optimism of saying, oh, one more election or two and we're going to have control of the Congress and we're going to reverse all this. <clears throat> I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. What they're going to do, though, is they, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I, I think what, what will happen is people will realize uh, the difference. And we will see a day when we will have our way and we'll be able to, <coughs> excuse me, express ourselves for the cause of liberty. Please get back to the Liberty Report soon.